All right, hello there, folks. Today we're going to talk about an interesting topic, at least in my opinion, and that is technology and education. What works, what doesn't, how do we improve it? But let's get started. And from my understanding, you know, I went to high school, I graduated around 2013, in 2013, actually. That was my high school graduation year. I noticed during my time over there, we had a lot of technology that we had at my school and like very little, if any of it was really used effectively. Like we had these things, these smart board, basically it's like a chalkboard, but it's like a projector on there and there was some sort of like thing you could go like draw and shit on there. But like most of the teachers had no idea of how to use it. So it was just kind of like there. And we'd kind of joke around with it. I think maybe like once or twice a year, I'd have a class that actually did something with it. It was mostly just used as a projector. And these things, I mean, I don't know the exact cost of one of them, but they don't seem like it's your little rinky-dink uh, sort of soft, like sort of hardware. Like it, it was a big old smart board over there. It, it's probably a, at least, probably multiple thousands, probably like $4,000 I would... Um, I'd probably give it. Yeah, my school too. In um, middle school and high school, they start with the smart boards, and then they got these things called the Promethean boards, which were basically like a smart board that was better quality. You know, it worked a lot because with the smart boards, like you'd have to pick certain pens with certain colors to write it. But the Promethean board, like you, when you picked up the pen, you could pick any color you want. And it was a better board, but all the classrooms got it. And all we did was use it for, you know, as a projection board, you know, for most of the classes. Like, well, some of the teachers definitely, like, wrote on it and did stuff. Like, the math teachers used it a lot. But you could do the same with a, a whiteboard with different card markers. And I bet you that the cost of buying new markers is substantially less than buying all those boards. And a long term, it you know, in maybe six hundred years, the boards would be cheaper, but then you have to replace them, replace them with other stuff, and then you're using those projection uh, projectors longer, which kills the bulbs. And those and those aren't cheap, and you gotta replace those. And that's not very eco-friendly, is it? Uh, uh, tree huggers out there, you know. So you'd save electric costs and costs of repair to projectors if you got rid of Promethean boards and smart boards, and just use whiteboards. I think I looked it up, and uh, for the base model, I think it's like $900, but they're typically around like $2,000 to $5,000 for these guys. So, I mean, this is, and that's not including installation. I mean, this is a pretty yeah. expensive piece of equipment, and like, I don't even think my math class had it. We still use projectors, like back in math class. All my classes had the Promethean boards, except a few. Like, it was like a rare thing when you didn't have it, and I'm like, wow, we're wasting money on this. And then we make all... Yo, my school district made a bunch of budget cuts on uh, a lot of other stuff, but they didn't cut back on that. I mean, one of the, because we're talking about, I, this isn't technology, but I'll mention it, because you, you could argue it's technology if you really want to get technical, but the bus system, we had so many buses, and it was, you know, where the middle school had their buses and the high school had their buses, but then they combined them to save money, which made sense because a lot of high schoolers drove, so it was like, you know, it was packed, I remember, the first few days, but after that, it wasn't bad. That was actually a decision that, when I was young, didn't like, but I like looking back at it now. 
Well, like, you know, that's kind of what we did. We had middle and high school had a bus, and elementary school had a bus. And that was probably because middle school's only two years, at least. And that's how it was in my uh, high school area. But, like, you know, another thing that's kind of, like, why do we have it? It's, like, libraries. I, I guess it's important for kids to have books, but, like, who really reads books these days? Just, like, who goes to the library? Like, you can do all that shit online. I know when I was in, like, high school, like, they, they, they still had, like, when I was in elementary school, we they didn't really have any sort of good online sources. Like, that was back in the day. But, like, high school, we, like, they started to go and have these uh, online, like, library things, like EBSCOhost and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. And, like, we didn't really have, like, they started to go and use it more and more. And by the time I was a senior, it was like, why even bother going to high like, the library? Because, like, I mean, I feel bad for those librarians. Like, what the hell are they going to do with their jobs? It's like a shit, it's a yeah. shit job. Like, yeah, you have to go get a master's degree in, like, library science or something, and, and then you barely get paid. Like, I don't even know if you get paid as much as a teacher because who really wants you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in high school, I never checked a single book out of the library, and I think in middle school, I only did it because I had to for a research project. I think. I don't even know if I checked it out, to be honest. I never checked the book out. I never even looked at a book in the library in high school. All we ever did was go on the computers and look shit up, which is just the future. Like, I'm the biggest defender and lover of books. Don't get me wrong. But that's not how you get information that's most up-to-date anymore. It's on the Internet. You don't use encyclopedias anymore. You use Wikipedia. Yeah, that's... Oh, they were... They didn't like us using... Like, most teachers didn't like us using Wikipedia. We had a couple... Yeah, and I kind of, I kind of was a bad kid. I was like, I was in engineering like class in middle school, and we were on Wikipedia for stuff. And I like changed the Wikipedia article. This was before they had like those instant bots to go and get you. And I changed it to like the Monkey Butt Trust, (laughs) and it was like poppy up at everyone's. I was like, oh hey, look at this, (laughs) and then they found me. Like, yay, naughty, naughty. Man, that, that was that was the day. I uh, felt like a million bucks. I was like, oh, this was the greatest thing since sliced bread or like <laughs> tapping like a, a kick me note on someone's ass, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, most teachers were pretty uh, anti-Wikipedia, but like, uh, funny enough, like my two history teachers were cool with it because uh, the one guy like openly used it like in class, <laughs> which was pretty funny. But the other one, he shows how to use it correctly in a smart way. Which is when you find information on Wikipedia, every little bit of information, all those articles has a number above it, which is a footnote. And you go down to the, you, you click it or go down to the bottom and it has the source of the information. Then you go there and you have your information from a proper source. That's the smart way to use Wikipedia for a research paper so that you don't cite Wikipedia in your work site, but you actually have a quick way to get information and you have a legitimate source, at least in the professor's mind. But Using that's a good way to use technology, I think, is research. Research is a time consuming process, and you want to do it quickly. Use a computer, you don't use books, it's a waste of time. Sorry, I love books, books are fabulous, and I have you know a lot of books in my bookshelf right here. So, I'm not so much anti book, I'm just saying in this world to find information, you have to use the computer if you want it done quickly. Now, with that said, like you were getting on with about libraries. I think they should be converted to just study spaces with computers, have lots of chairs, lots of uh, computers, and maybe a small section for books, but to be honest, I don't even see that necessary, but to make it still seem like a library. 
Well, I think, yeah, a small section for books. I don't think you really even need, like, legit librarians there. No, you I don't. don't. Know, like, what do they really do, like, all the time? Because I, I highly doubt there's that many kids there unless there was, like, a classroom or research project that had to use books. Like, most of them just were on the computer. Yeah. And the, the thing is, too, with the computer, like, I know when I was in high school, but always, like, the worst part about research papers, it was that stupid, like, uh, it was, like, MLA citations. That was MLA such a format, yeah. Pass. And then, like when they invented like like the uh, the citation machine or whatever on the internet, yeah. and it would automatically do that for you. That was a godsend. Yeah, it was. And that's, why I, and that's why I always use online sources. And same thing in college. And like, thankfully, at least at Penn State, they had a uh, a mechanism in place where, like, if you wanted to go and cite a source from like their online library, it automatically like give you the citation stuff. Yeah, those are nice. It made doing stuff so much easier. Like, holy crap. So I know when I was in high school, I'd, like we had a whole class, like mobile classes on just MLA citations in English. And it was such, it was the most like asinine stuff. So like, you had to go and put a semicolon over here. And then you, if it, you had to go and like do a, start another line over here, if you do this, but you can't put a period if you do that. And I was like, oh my God, yeah. like this is just so much wasted time. Like just put a freaking link on it. Like why do we have these MLA citations? Like these stupid, like long ass citations. I'd rather just do like a link, have the ISBN number and a page number. Or like, you know, why can't we just do that? Why do we have to have like four different formats and all this other stuff for this bibliography? Just have the title of the book, the ISBN, the title of the book, the version of the book, the ISBN and uh, the page numbers used. Well, that's um, basically what kind of MLA is. I know it has more information, but it, I get the point. Well, that, you know, what annoys me is that there's multiple, like there's Chicago, MLA, ALA, or something like that. Like, let's just all use MLA. And I think that's pretty accepted amongst most professors. But MLA basically has, you know, the author, the book title, the date of publication, and then the page numbers, basically. And then if it's a website, I'll have the link in there. So I'm fine with the format. Because it gives a nice formal way, uh, so you can quickly see what you know what's what. But the pain in the ass part is, like you said, is like it's got to be this certain format, which I understand that. Uh, we used to use some sort of we use a noodle tools in my school to where you type in all that information and it would create the citation. So I never actually had to do it by hand. Oh, but lucky. yeah, I was. But that would still take a lot of time because you had to print type in all the information. But with citation machine. And uh, what's the other one called? Uh, EasyBib. You just paste the link and it automatically will find most of the information. Like, that was a godsend for me because I've never had that easy. Like, I think that's, I think that, you know, they should all encourage using EasyBib and Citation Machine because that to me is, I'm perfectly fine with that. Oh, yeah. We were like looked down upon when we tried to do that stuff in my high school. Like, it was complete BS. And another thing, too, is just like, Oh, oh my god, this is a, a thing with, that pissed me off at my high school. So they ended up like switching us all over to Max just like one year. Yo, and yes. I don't know how much <laughs> they spent money on that, like how much money they spent. Because we had like, it's almost for, like every class had like this whole like rack of Mac laptops. And these, I mean, these are Macs, so they're not cheap. Like how the hell did the school get all this money? Is what I wanted to go now because, like, and we barely made use of them in some of these classes. And they'd yeah. always get broken. And then we had these kids, we had the Mac desktops too, in a couple classes, and a few mm. of them. And then they had like all these tech guys. We used to have like the Windows guys, and they had to like five. I think we had like one Windows guy left, and then everyone else was like the Mac guy. And then 
I think a year or two after I left, they switched it over to Chromebooks. Oh, wow. Well, that might not be a bad idea, to, to be honest with you. Well, you got to go and bring the Chromebooks home with you. You didn't get to bring the MacBooks home with you. And then, like, you had to sign a waiver, and they need to go and pay, like, $20 for insurance. Mm. And then you could, like, pretty much do whatever the hell you want to the computer, and it would be fixed on about $25. Like, some guy shoved a pickle in the computer screen. <laughs> During lunch, and then it was fine because they, they fixed it. He paid for the insurance. No, no, this guy actually didn't pay for the insurance. My friend was telling me he was like, they had uh, like a student run tech support. Mm. So, like, he was part of the tech support. And, the, and they're like, why do you shove the pickle on the computer screen? Like, I don't know. And then there's some other kid who, like, he ended up, like, popping up in the firewall or whatever because he kept, like, going onto Pornhub like 50,000 times. He kept trying to go there, and it was just like, it was a number three like searched website. And they're like, "Who's doing this?" It's like this one kid ended up getting his like, I think he got like a detention or something for that. And when he bring to the website, just kept trying to go there. He's like, "What a dumbass!" And then people keep trying to go and install like uh, they they go and like hack the computer or whatever. They'd install Linux on there, and they'd be able to detect that because they have uh, software to detect what version number you're running. And they had all sorts of these little things. They always found ways around them. But, um... Yeah, yeah. my... I'll, oh, sorry, I'll let you finish. I'll explain my computer situation. But, but, yeah, I mean, in general, I think it's a good idea to have people have their own... Like, be able to go and use a... Uh, have a school laptop for them or, like, a school uh, computing device. doesn't necessarily have to be a laptop as long as it's, like, relatively cheap. Something so they can, like use it, I guess, but my problem with it is just, like, people keep using the computers more and more, and it's just, like, people don't know how to do shit the old-fashioned way. Mm. So I try to go and read, like, a book, and most of these people would be, like, dead without the computer, and I feel like it's important to go and teach computer skills, don't get me wrong. Like, I remember back in my high school, we, like, in, like, middle school especially, we had uh, typing classes. Oh, we like, never had those. We had, like, this little typing video game thing on the computer, to increase our words per minute. And I think when I went to high school, they just got rid of the typing class. They mm. used to have like a dedicated like semester long class on how to type on the computer. That was, I guess, a holdover from the days that they had typewriters. I and mean, this is how kind of in the stone ages our school was, my school was. But uh, I think it's important for the computers like that you'd have something on there so you can learn how to use them. But like, mm. I think that you have to like know what you're going to do and integrate them to the class setting because they can really easily be a distraction tool, and especially with like people bringing their own devices like cell phones. I really don't like that in the school environment. I see that as being too much potential for shenanigans to go on. Like I know in the locker room we had problems. Like some guy got end up getting like suspended for like taking a picture of like some girl in her underpants, and he got like kicked off the fucking uh, what was it? It was the um, it was the track and field team for like child pornography. Jesus. They, wrote, they wrote that on there for why I got kicked off. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> but he only got suspended, so it wasn't like anything. They called the police, and like, no one really like the parents didn't even care what the school did. And I was like, are you really gonna put that on his record? Like that? That's yeah. He's trying to be a dick to the student. Yeah, but, I mean, at my school computers, we had. Uh, uh, I think for elementary school we had Macs, and then middle school and high school we had Windows, which were all shit. They always broke. The teachers didn't know how to use them. They were cheap Windows computers. They were always slow. They always had to wait for the freaking updates from Windows 7 because they had them in a way that 
like the updates get uh, it checks for updates and downloads them before you use the computer. So you can't you have to wait five hours just to check one thing for one second. Uh, you know, which was stupid. I always preferred Macs um, in general for educational use and for productivity use because they just the software is integrated better and they just work better. I, I don't know about that. Like we had so much problems with the Macs. Like the school, they had the bright idea to download the software. That they're supposed to improve the speed of the Macs because it took them forever to go and like we had a network area storage and it would take forever to use it. Mm -hmm. So they download this software to speed it up. But that software was a freaking. It was like one of the like five Mac viruses out at the time. And, and they oh got my it. god. <laughs> And then everything got deleted off the network storage. <laughs> and the one teacher, it was like a uh, it was like a digital art class. He got so pissed off. We just like played frisbee that day. It was great. <laughs> we never had that problem. Like I said, our our Macs were flawless. Worked great. And in middle school and high school, we didn't have a single Mac. I think except except in the music room, in the uh, band room, we had them because they had Garage Band, and we didn't do anything with them actually. But uh, yeah, I know it shows you how you know, useful it was, but the art department would have them because they're the software you know for arts and stuff generally works better on them. But uh, in terms of cell phone policy, we weren't allowed to have them on use them in class at all. But of course, you could have them on your person. In lunch, you could use them at least in high school because middle school I didn't even have a phone till I was in i think 11th grade of high school yeah yeah 11th junior year of high school is when i got my first phone uh but before then everybody had them for the longest time but you could use them only you know during lunch time and study halls that's the only time you could really use them or in the hallway you i think you were allowed to yeah i think yeah i think you were but you know i really didn't do that but the terms of distractions, like I, it wasn't that as bad as I thought it was going to be, but that would definitely be the number one like distraction thing I would probably say because people would pull them out during class sometimes. Some people listen to music, you know, while they were in class, but teachers would catch them and take the phones if they did. I didn't see it as a worse thing to be honest, but I could see where it could be worse. Uh, uh, but yeah. the. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll just finish this one thing on the computers while I was thinking about it. I'll let you go. Because uh, we had this thing with the computers where uh, you, you, we didn't have it where students could take computers home or laptops because we didn't have any to do that. Uh, but the year after I graduated is when they started that. So the people in the grade behind me were the first to get that. And they gave them kind of shitty Windows computers that were I think they were Dells. They were pretty shit. And I don't mind that idea necessarily, but I think most people had computers. So I'd only, you know, allow it for, you know, either you pay the full price or maybe a discount rate, or if you're a low-income family that doesn't have a computer, like, I'd be perfectly fine with them having one. Because then they can't complain, oh, I don't have a computer, so therefore I couldn't do my homework. Like, I don't know if you need them for every class, so that's my, my kind of concern. And, like... Oh, we I'm never would. We never would need them in class because they always they told us we couldn't use electronic devices when taking notes or anything. Like you had to use pen and paper, which I would always get bored as shit, and I'd probably start fucking around a computer. Yeah, like see, I, I did that like my senior year. I just started bringing my laptop to school, and most teachers didn't really care my senior year. 
And, like, I just started, like, browsing the internet and stuff and, like, pissed off my one teacher. He was like, oh, don't, don't be playing games. Okay, and I just stopped using that class. <laughs> but, like, it's just such a big distraction. Like, I don't think it's necessary for kids to really bring it home. And at least not until, like, high school. Like, if you want, And most of the time, teachers don't even, like, integrate them effectively into the school setting. Like, yeah, you can have a couple of teachers who do know how to use them correctly, but for the most part... They just kind of uh, mess around, like they just kind of throw it on as an afterthought. Right. They just kind of hold it on to the classroom things. Oh, yeah, we're gonna do this on the computer. Like, yeah, if you're writing a research paper, I think it's useful for that. But I don't see why you need to bring them home. Like, honestly, a probably a tablet pro would be better. But even then, like, why do you really need to use them for in this day and age? Like, I think at some point we are gonna have it so that you just do like an online, like you go into school. And here's like kind of my futuristic scenario, how I see it being done. A teacher's gonna record a lesson plan in like an online module. And then the kids are gonna go into this like, <coughs> the school setting. And it's not gonna be like a regular school, it's, there's gonna be like a, computers on the school desks and there'll be a couple monitors around there to make sure you don't you know hurt each other. Mm. And they'll basically go on there to ensure that you're doing your work, you're not like, jacking off and whatnot and they might have like I that at penn off. state oh geez that's not on it that's for like high school and uh, stuff yeah but i think it'll eventually just go down to where schools aren't so much schools but they're just like these sort of like computer areas like and it'll be emphasizing like security and stuff and you can talk and like there'll be lunch i guess because you had that lunch for the poor people because <laughs> they need to get their food somehow like yeah. i mean it's true like what they, they can't their parents can't afford food and they somehow can afford to have a kid yeah that state of things but anyways there'll just be these people and there'll be the monitors to make sure they're not doing anything wrong they'll go on the lesson plans online they'll go and watch like a video or something or maybe it could be a live remote thing and you could have like significantly larger class sizes, and then you'd have these people over there to go and answer like basic questions. And if it's anything super complex, they'll go and um, email the teacher uh, mm. and ask some questions like that. And I feel like that's the way schools are going to go in the future. I'm not particularly fond of that, but I see that as being a major way that they can uh, reduce costs because basically. And then it kind of ensures that everyone's getting the same sort of lesson plan. So you could have like the a, yeah. a grade eight teacher give a lesson plan, and then a bunch of other areas can just copy that. They'll you know the school district will pay them a certain amount of money to go and use that, and yeah. we will have a lot lesser need for at least like high school teachers and probably middle school. I don't think you'd be able to go and do with elementary school because they're too young at that point. But I could be proven wrong. No, basically be like an online class in college, but. In a uh, in a setting where the kids can go and do it on their like instead of going to like regular school, it'd just be this. And then if you're rich, you just do homeschooling, which would basically be the same thing. You get the same sort of lessons, but you would just have you just have it done it in your home environment. And I think that would be a major way they could save money. And the parents who aren't poor would probably just home do it at home. And then the parents who, you know, they're working class, they probably bring them to the school, and the school would deal with all the all the stuff. And that's kind of what I see happening. I, I see a lot of negatives to this, but, I mean, in terms of cost savings, this would be great. You'd have a lot more of an emphasis on security over there to ensure there's not anyone going crazy, a lot less opportunities to go and just, like, get into trouble. 
And I, I mean, I guess you could have physical activity to integrate in there. There'd be like one gym class or something, or like maybe you'd take every hour, you'd have like a 15 minute break or something like that. And it would be a lot more self-paced. It would be a very sort of like, it'd prepare you for, I guess, like remote working jobs. And then like, if you want to go and do something hands-on, you go into like a more technical school. And that way you'd have, it, it would really be kind of broken down like this. So if you're, regular kid you want to go to college you go to this sort of school and they'll teach you basically it'll, it'll be completely online if you want to go and learn a, a, a trade you'll go to like a trade school that'll be more or less the same now except for like they have a section where you go into a computer lab and you do all your study all your like academic stuff there and then you learn how to weld stuff or plumb things or install you know ducts or build cars whatever you want to go to school for technically and then, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of like the way it would go. There'd be those two sorts of schools. And, of course, there'd be private and charter schools that would do it the old-fashioned way. Because, honestly, I think that's probably better for kids. But I don't think this is particularly bad because technology is there. Let's say you can go and stream the video session the teacher. Yeah. It won't yeah. be the human-to-human -human interaction per se, but it'll still get you the information and it'll get you the same information if you live in the, the south side of Chicago where like you might get shot and the teachers don't give a crap about you versus if you're in like this uh, hoity-toity like California area. It would kind of be the great, it would be like really the great equalizer because everyone would be getting the same basic information and that we put in the same sort of environment. And that's, and pre, I mean, they could eventually make it so there's just like one particular curriculum in like all public schools at some point. I feel like that's the way it's going to go. Not that I'm a fan of that, but I feel that if they are all like it would make, it, it's kind of the way of the future. It's, it's going to happen. The teachers, and it's not going to start out like that. Like it's going to start with every school district does this and the school district will need less and less teachers because Instead of needing like five uh, English, 12 teachers, you'd only really need one. And yeah, then yeah. they start going like that. And then they can kind of reuse most things. And then this district over there would probably go and like merge schools. And it would start conglomerating people. Maybe it'd just be like a Pennsylvania program, like, or like a Maryland program, uh, a Tennessee program, a California program. And then, you know, certain ones they might mix together. That would save a very large amount of money, which is kind of good. But you still do need that human interaction. I don't know how they would fix that. And because like, you can see they have, like, Bill Gates's kid. They he, Like, his kids don't really learn computers. I don't, I don't, they have, like, in the Silicon Valley, they have it where they have classes where they don't even touch a computer until they're, like, 14 in some of these school districts. Mm. Like, they're really against computers, even though their dads and, like, you know, yeah. possibly moms are in the computer industry, but they, I mean, apparently it works for them because this is like probably one of the most expensive school districts in the country. So, um, you know, that's kind of where I see it going and uh, some of the benefits and disadvantages of that particular aspect. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, in terms of where school's going, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, Khan Academy IRL in terms of not a actually IRL, but it will be like a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? An accepted online, there will be an accepted sort of Khan Academy-esque online platform where a professor uploads lectures, they upload their spiel, 
the student does the work for it, they do papers they have to do for it, you go step by step by step by step and then you get a homework, you do that homework or whatever they're going to call it and you complete your course for the day and you're done. Then you have a test you eventually do, you study for it and you do it. All online, you know, and I think that's great for low-income families because then they will all have the opportunity and access to education. So theoretically, they'd become smarter and they could get out of their low-income situation and become middle to upper class, which is great. I, I think education, you know, in terms of innovation is the greatest thing that could happen to the country and could really uplift a lot of people out of poverty. But the human interaction part is a difficult part in that. How do you you know, keep people socializing and talking to each other when they're not going to a school every day. That's where I could see it when I say Cod Academy IRL is that you go maybe to a school with just computers, you know, maybe for an hour you do your lesson in us, uh, you know, nobody talking on the computer there. But maybe probably bring your own, you know, BYOC, it'll bring your own computer, would definitely be an option. You do it and then you start talking to people, you have a lunch break where you talk to people, you have maybe a recess or exercise, you know, a gym or something, class that you do. And so you get your lunch, talk to people, you have stay hall, talk to people, and you have a gym where you could talk to people. I think that'd be awesome. That that would be, you know, probably what I'd envision a school being is where online and then the human interaction uh, side of in terms of lunch, gym, and re um, study hall. But, you know, that's a lot of teachers that are going to be gone. Not necessarily. You know, some people are probably going to be saying that. Not necessarily because you still have professors going to have to make this material and put it out line, online. Now, you could then say that professors will shrink in numbers because you only need one to make the content and put it out there and it's out there forever and, you know, nothing's going to really change because they do regurgitate the same course every year. Well, the courses are going to get updated, and somebody's still got to grade these things, especially if you do written stuff. So there's going to be that element to it. And then there's stuff like where you do presentations to improve public speaking skills. So maybe you'd have to have a public speaking class that's uh, with a teacher in person. So I think that human element you cannot fully eliminate. That's still going to be there. I think it's just going to be diminished. Like where I go to college, there are online classes that are offered, I've never talked to the professor for those. And I've learned that online classes are the future for a lot of classes, but you're still going to need that human element. Uh, it's a complicated thing, but in terms of, like you were saying, public or charter, how it's going to look, public schools are definitely going to be around. They're probably going to stay kind of inefficient as they are. You're probably going to see private schools develop this online stuff faster. Uh, I like it where it's public, private, and charter, and you have an option. I'm for the school choice thing, except I know what people are going to say, is, well, you still got to pay the school tax even if you're going to private. I would personally change that so that if you do choose that option, you would either pay a far less tax rate or no tax rate for school tax, but that's a little complicated matter. Uh, but I think the more schools you have, the better the competition, the better things will be. But with public schools, the funding situation sometimes doesn't, you know, encourage innovation. Like anything, if you throw a lot of money at it and you guarantee money, they're going to spend it however they want and it's not going to be efficient. So that's the one thing. I know we're supposed to try to figure out solutions here. I think, I, I don't see where that's going to go, but 
people can't, you know, because everybody always brings up the homeschooling option. For 99% of Americans, that's not an option because both mother and father have to work. They can't be around for their kid, especially during middle school and high school when, you know, you're a teenager, you can live on your own, you don't need mommy around to watch you and do things. So maybe in elementary school, but even then, I, I you know, I wouldn't send, I wouldn't homeschool my kid. I wouldn't have the time. You know, I'd rather be spending time having fun with them and doing stuff. And they need to socialize. They need to start making friends. So they go to the school. So I see homeschooling maybe only for rich people or, you know, special family households. But most people would go to public school um, and quite a few go to private slash Catholic schools. I think Catholic schools are stupid, to be honest, because they're super strict, super conformist. Yeah, for, for some kids, yes. But I think for most normal kids, that's just you know, unproductive and creates conformity. Uh, so I, I I would see actually Catholic schools probably diminishing in popularity yeah, big time. I, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, here's, here's kind of what my thoughts on that are. We're going to have the public schools are going to go eventually, like just because of budgeting concerns, they're going to have going, they're going to go online first because it's going to be a lot cheaper because they won't, Maybe they have like one English twelve. Te- Maybe they have like one English teacher for the entire school district. Like they could mm-hmm. do super cost cutting measures with that, and they go limit to like uh, like there's like big computer room, and they'll cut costs like that. And that's what's going to happen to public schools. And people, you know, the the parents will probably have a charter school that's more traditional, like what we have now, maybe with a mixed sort of level. Private schools, they could really go either way, but chances are they're not going to go online. They're gonna go probably full like full human interaction for the foreseeable future, because people will want that. They will pay the extra money to have that for their kids. Mm-hmm. They want that discipline out of the private school. They want to go and instill in them those values, and that's that's gonna be like the one that that changes last, in my uh, opinion. Mm-hmm. And then the, for the parents, like you'd have the option, I imagine, of you'd have the same curriculum, same exact everything if you homeschooled like a public homeschool. And what you could see is like, like if you have friends that you just have, you go to your friend's house and you do school there. You do homeschool there. It's all gonna be on the computer. They go and sit around, probably eat Cheetos or whatever, mm-hmm. and do that at their at their friend's house, and probably like a rotating thing. And that's where the middle class will start going. They'll have like homeschooling parties in case, like you know, some of the parents they end up like having to go to uh, work. Because most people these days, they can at least work from, like, it's starting to become more and more common for people to work from home. And so they would kind of look after the kids, like, especially, like, I mean, this is at least for, like, high school. I don't know, middle school and elementary school, I don't know how well that would work. But at least for high school, they'd be able to go over, they'd have these sort of parties. They'd go over there, you go to your friend Bob's house, and then, you know, Bob and Jim and uh, Jack will be over there. And they'll all be doing homeschool in like the basement or whatever. And it would be like a fun thing. That's where you get your social interaction from homeschooling. And like there's probably going to be like more social interaction from homeschooling, honestly, at least from digital homeschooling. And they'd probably have these sort of little parents would do that. Uh, the public schools, they'd go to school and it's probably going to suck. And they're probably going to have all the same sort of, you know, curriculum that everyone else does in the, in the homeschool in the public school because it's all going to be like this one program will be like, uh, you know, let's say like uh, Maryland university. That's what it'll probably be called or something or Maryland, Maryland school. They'll send you like a little computer. And then if you go to school, 
they'll either give you a computer there, it'll probably just actually be in the buildings to be cheaper for them just to have it there year after year, use like a Windows machine, and then do like a virtual machine so you can't do too much screw-off stuff during school time on the computer. And that's kind of what I see it happening. Like, they're, it's going to take them a while, but it's going to start with the poorest districts first because there's going to be some guy who releases a curriculum, like, with all this stuff. Like, they're going to be like, hey, I can either pay, you know, 55 or, like, 120 teachers uh, full-time salary for a year, or I can pay five teachers. You know, what, what are they going to do? They're going to do the cheapest thing, and then they're still going to take the rest of the tax money, but they'll, they'll find ways to waste it on something else, you know. That's, that's what public schools do. So they end up doing it like that. I mean, that seems to me like it'll it'll happen, and this will be in the it'll start in the most poverty-stricken areas. Yeah. Maybe there'll be like one. Well, actually, will probably start out with like a fairly well-to-do school, like a well-to-do school district will do this, and then they'll have the teachers from there, like at least in that state, they'll go and post the stuff online, and they'll be full online teachers, and they'll get an increased salary, like a. They'll probably get paid a pretty decent bit of money. Like, you know, that's what they do in South Korea. Like, the teachers make, like, the highest paying teacher in the world, I think, makes, like, $4 million a year. And that's where you're going to start seeing over here. Teacher salaries will go way up, but there'll be way less teachers because it'll be, yeah. like, ultra competitive. You have to get that contract for that school district or that state. And that's where it'll start out. So the wealthier school district starts off this program. And then, you know, like, this cheaper one, this fairly poor district will, or maybe a couple of these good ones will do it, and then this fairly poor district will do it, and then it'll all start happening as a domino effect, as a cost-cutting measure, and it'll spread across the country, and that's and that's kind of what I see, it's a sort of like new, uh, this new order that's going to be going around, and New like world order. <laughs> pretty much like the new <laughs> education order. It's going to be completely different, that's but the kids will pop up. And then they'll probably like an app on your phone so that when you're at home or when you're at the wherever kids hang out, like, I don't know, the, the Taco Valley or with your friends, <laughs> and then you just go, oh, I need to go and do my assignment over here, blah, blah, blah. Not like they actually do that, but they can. Yeah, I was going to say, they're not going to do that. that. But they can read on their phone in case they're like, they don't feel like lugging books around because you only need to wear like a backpack. You just need a computer bag because you won't be bringing stuff home anymore. Well, see, here's the, the thing. I do agree. I think def I'm actually going to change my, you hashtag change my mind. I think it is going to start with the public school because like uh, online is going to become more popular because they do need to cut costs big time. And that's going to be a quick way, easy way to do it. But I think in low income areas, you know, like you were kind of saying, like that's definitely where you're going to see it starting big time and happening real good. Homeschooling though, I think in terms of homeschooling online, which is a lot different than regular homeschooling, I think, I could definitely see that becoming a big thing in low-income areas because, like you said, you just go on your phone, you do your work from home, you, know, you don't have to worry about going out in the hood and getting shot while you know, waiting for the bus, it's safer, theoretically, and you can help your parents because, you know, whatever's going on at home. So that's, you know, I think definitely a possibility, but in terms of traditional homeschooling, I think that will increase probably among the rich big time, but for most people, it will not happen at all. Because you know, like I, like the problems I mentioned before, you know, kids don't socialize with homeschooling, and their test scores will probably be lower. Because you need an expert in these fields. You need a math teacher. You need 
a science teacher. You need a history teacher that's an expert in these, or close to an expert as you know, a teacher's going to get. Your parents, they're never going to have that level. And that's where these courses are going to be designed by those people. And so you'll have that wealth of knowledge. Um, I know history will obviously get slanted with a lot of revisionist history. But you'll have alternatives out there. You know, you could have your Khan Academy. You could have your uh, Gym Academy and your uh, Smith Academy out there. You, you know, that's what I do see with online. Is there's going to be a lot of choices, a lot of competition, and hopefully people will review this shit and you can find the best one for you. Because the problem with you know, if you want to go to another level uh, with universities, that's a whole different can of worms because those have big names behind them and. That's why I think you could see if a lot of these uh, public uh, K through high school, K through 12, yeah, as high school, duh, K through 12 will then get those big names like Penn State, Harvard, Yale, but for that lower level, you'll start to see those things become big names and gain a reputation. The only problem is, will it become a thing like with universities that are publicly funded, where even when you do try to cut costs with stuff like this, they're still going to get big budgets, and it you know they're still going to increase tuition, increase costs of everything, even though everything's cheaper. Well, they'll always find a way to keep that taxpayer money. They're not going to get rid of that unless like maybe it'll have been a couple districts, but they'll find a way like to increase the cost somehow. That that's that's the way taxes work. You'll never see a tax decrease unless like someone really makes a big deal about it. But that, that's what I meant with homeschool. It's, not not like traditional homeschool with like books and stuff. Yeah, like they already have like digital homeschool. They've had like online school for years, but like it's going to see a major increase in the public because it's basically going to be like how I could do homeschool at home, or I could do more or less the same thing at school. Why do I want to waste time going on the bus and doing this and doing that, and then being stuck in front of monitors? And they're going to have like a lot less fun at school and there'd still probably be at least in the public schools like limited interaction because there's gonna be an increased focus on security and all this other like anti-bully anti this anti that like you you just do the same exact thing at home with a lot less restrictions and if you have them as long as you have like the money and the resources to look after the kid it's yeah, probably what don't. Uh, well i mean a lot of people these days they can like at least one of the parents can work from home it's like at least in the corporate yeah, world. Yeah, but they like, still have to work. That's the problem is that you can't put your full attention on the kid, and that's when things don't go well. And when the kid's not at school, they do lose that, like, because the problem is you're assuming the parents are good and they give their kids structure, enough structure but not too much structure. Where the school plus. comes in, which they shouldn't have to act like the parent, but sometimes they are needed to give kids some structure. And that's the problem I fear is that when they're, doing their schoolwork at home. Like, if you're a student like me, like, I'll get done. But I know a lot of kids that won't get done. They'll goof around and, you know, do whatever and not do their work, and their parents won't care. So, you know, I, it, it is, is a hard balance. And those people go to a public school, most likely, or a private school if their parents have the money. And that's yeah. what's going to be. Like, you'll either be home, if you're middle class and you can afford to do that, because they'll have those little homeschool clubs. Like, what I imagine is you just going to have, like, you know, Bob has Monday. Bob has Monday uh, from, you know, he has Monday work from home and Friday work from home, and then he'll do it over at that time. And then, you know, Jim has, you know, Tuesday and Wednesday, and then Joe has Thursday and Friday and blah, 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 and they'll take care of it like that. It'll be a rotation. 
and then it'll be, and that's where they'll get more interactions in this like homeschool sort of scenario than they would in actual school, because the kids can go and sit down and talk to each other. Versus in the school, they'll probably just be told to shut up and sit in front of the computer screen. Because mm. the schools they're going to care about gym class. Like they'll probably, like a lot of schools already get rid of gym classes. They'll just see as an extra expense, and they can go and put that money into their wallet somehow. So they're probably going to get less social interactions in school. You'll have more social interactions at the homeschool opportunity. I like don't think so, because, Well, because I think kids, when they're at home, at least, you know, in my perception, they don't go out and just find people to talk to. Like, you only talk to people outside school that you know in school. And I don't see how you can do that if homeschooling is meet people. Well, no, so, like, this would be in high school. Like, you'd have friends and stuff in the neighborhood from, like, when you were a kid. Yeah, but people don't talk to each other in the neighborhood. Like, they don't. It, it, depends, it depends on the neighborhood you live in. And then they true. might, like, make them form little groups and whatnot to go and, like, raise their kids. Because the schools, they'd be absolutely terrible places. Like, I wouldn't want to live there. Like, I mean, I mean obviously, I wouldn't want to live there, but it wouldn't be... Um, it wouldn't be, like, ideal. Like well, maybe you could have... Well, see, here's the other end of it. Because uh, in college, I meet all my friends who clubs. I don't meet them in class. You know, that's kind of an interesting thing there. Whereas in middle school, high school, I met them all through class. I didn't meet any of them in clubs. I really wasn't interested in many clubs. So how do you, when you get all these online, you know, courses, how are you doing with clubs? Are they going to become... A different thing now? Are they going to even be a thing? Like, where's the marching band going to be? You know, where well, are all these school, you know, things where you meet people going to be? Public schools, at least in shitty districts, they're going to get rid of them. It's just going to be the bare bands, and they're going to take all that other money and spend on, I guess, babysitters for the parents. I don't know. They'll, they'll, they're going to go away in the shitty public high schools, and that the only ways you'll get that is through like the uh, charter school program and then like maybe people make their own clubs with their like neighborhood uh, school association which will basically be a homeschool association a I cyber hope they would because i think that's that's a big problem like i'm not one to say the government should fund all the arts and stuff you know and put all the money into it like but i think with schools i think arts should be funded because that creates a culture at a young age and if you don't have that instilled with society like People aren't going to appreciate music and art as much, and they're not going to have a culture. It's just going to be bland and boring, you know? And, like, what do you do about that? No, I'm not saying it's ideal, but I think that's what's going to happen. No, I agree. I that's what I'm saying. That's a problem. I think that is going to happen. That's the problem. And that's why the homeschool associations, they'll be able to go and do that, and they'll probably be able to get some sort of funding. They'll be like, It'll almost be like a charter school, kind of, but, like, it'll be mostly people do stuff from home. They won't, like, maybe they'll have, like, a little clubhouse or something, but, like... Maybe. But I don't see that becoming a thing. That's what I'm saying. The charter schools would have that option, but if you're in homeschool... Because I know homeschool kids, they have... They already have, like, their own little groups, and they do things, like, they'll go on... Uh, they'll go to places, and they'll see people. And one good thing about this online switch, the cyber schooling, whether in school or out, is that it will allow your child to have, like, a super individualized education plan. Like, you could take... I know my buddy who was in cyber school, they had, like, making video game classes in, in like, uh, like a middle school, in high school. Like, we never had that in my high school. Like, yeah, just we know that. 
just the amount of individualization you'll have will be substantially increased due to the online marketplace. But, you know, physical activities like, you know, sports, they're going to have to be done. It'll be like, like your little league. It'll be outside of school. You have to go and pay like 20 bucks and do it. And then you might be able to get some funding from the state. You might not. It depends on your area and who spend that money. And that's where the money could go to. And it'd be open to everybody just based on geographical area. And I think that's that's the ideal way for that to happen because, you know, if it keeps going on the current situation, the current trajectory, I don't think they're going to put a high emphasis at all on the arts. It's just another expense and another liability. And if they're not going to have the schools really be schools as in the traditional sense, they're not going to have these, like, art, these, like, sports areas or these art areas, you know? Mm, yeah. Yeah, it's just that's a, you know, that's, to me that's an interesting problem because it's it's something we take for granted and I, I it could go the direction you're saying where these sort of homeschooling districts or whatever schooling we're going to have in the future create it, but I just, I don't know because I think what's nice about like in the public school is like, you know, you have a band room, you have a band there, you see it and, you know, it's there and you you know about it and you then you will get a drive to join it maybe and you and you talk to people that are in it but when you do this online at home schooling you're you don't see it you might not even know about it maybe you do but you don't talk to people that are in it so you don't get exposure to it and you're less likely to join like that's where i see a problem i because i'm afraid society with all this technology is becoming I don't want to say too individualized, but too alone and to themselves, where we don't talk to people more, even though we can talk to people more, you know, through Facebook, Twitter, and all this online stuff, but we actually aren't doing face-to-face interaction more anymore. We're doing gaming with people, we're doing all kinds of other stuff, but we're not, you know, playing soccer anymore. We're not going out and doing this or that. I mean, it's a hard, because it's a hard thing to balance, because there's a lot of stuff I love about the internet that I would love to do over other stuff. Like, I don't like sports. I've never liked sports. I'd rather be shooting a video or creating graphics or playing a game online with people. Like, I'm the type of person who'd rather be doing that. But at the same time, I also value talking to people. I also value uh, camaraderie and having fun and just hanging around and doing stuff. And maybe playing, this is the one time I would play sports is with a friend because we're just fucking around. It's not serious, you know? And that's where I'm afraid that's going to get lost more and more. You know, it might just take a different form, like I said, to like gaming with your friend online or something. But I, I don't know. You know, Fortnite's like the, the shit right now. You know, it's not anything, you know, Pokemon Go was the closest thing to human interaction that was the shit, you know, for a time. Yeah, I feel you. I think it really depends. Like, the way that this could go down, and I think this is the way it needs to go down, is it's going to eventually go the public schools. They're going to become mostly just for poor people. The There will be the cyber schools, and that's where most people who can afford to do that, they're going to go, and they're going to – and they already have associations, and they're going to have to go and um, – you know, you probably have to pay money for it, or maybe it'll go out of your school taxes, and there'll be like tax vouchers and whatnot that go to that. But that's going to end up being ideally what happens, because this is the trajectory. This is what's going to happen. 
most likely, unless there's like a huge turn of events. But just because people can save a buck, they'll try to save a buck. And then yeah. you know, you have your private schools and your charter schools. They'll have they'll be physical interactions. And if your school district has a charter school, hope your kid gets in there because then they'll be able to get the traditional education. If you go to private school, you can get the traditional education. You don't have to worry about all this other nonsense. And that's like it. But for public schools and for the cyber school, they're going to need to have these associations. Now, the school, they might be able to fund this, but I don't think especially – like it's going to become more and more of a, a poor thing to go to public school. It's going to be like back in the – I don't know, like the 20s, you know, like when public schools just started to become a thing. It was mostly for poor people. I imagine that's kind of like what's going to be coming again because people won't want their kids to go there because it'll be like basically sort of like a prison and they're going to want to cut costs at everything. And then they're going to have like, maybe they'll have some opportunities for some sort of physical activity. They'll probably be required to do this and that because of state or national standards, but it won't be very good. And there'll be a lot less people in there because they can just do it from home. The same exact least for lesson plans but on the other end of the scale, there'll be a lot more individualization. You'll be able to go and do exactly what you want to do if you know what you want to do. They'll be able yeah. to go and like get you stuff so you know what skills you have. Maybe they'll invest more. In, maybe the one good thing about this would be it allows schools to invest more money in guidance counselors because that's really important. And even if it's online, at least have like some decent guidance counselor you can talk to. I'd rather have those than you know BS teachers. I'd rather spend more money in that. Because the guys counselors at my high school were just asinine. Oh, mine were shit. Like, I, they were so useless. Oh my god, they didn't do anything. They're just like, oh, you need to uh, think of what are your interests. Uh, let's see. I like to write. I like to video. Oh, great. You know, they didn't do anything. They didn't. You know, you almost need psychiatrists. Like, you need like a Jordan Peterson to like. You know, well, be your guidance counselor. Well, actually, I think the one, like, a uh, potential, like, best-case scenario would be, since the economy seems to be getting more towards, like, art sort of things, away from, like, manufacturing and, like, even from coding as computers more and more take these jobs, Yeah, maybe schools would be more art-integrated, that have more sort of artistic areas, and that would be, like, a major part of it. Oh, absolutely. Um, Especially with that, automation and AI going to take over in the future. What are we going to do for work? The only thing we're going to do is entertainment, and we're going to always want to be entertained. You know, there's obviously going to be stuff people are going to have to do, and there's that's going to be a thing, but entertainment's going to become more of a thing than ever, and you're going to want to do entertainment. And so, like, yeah, I think, you know, arts and slash entertainment's going to be a big part of schools. Well, see, there's another kind of factor in there, too, that I, I think you might not really understand. I don't know how much the future is really going to be able to like have super advanced AI because computers in general, like look at the like look at the processors. They're starting to go and hit like a soft wall right now because like we've already got these processors so small, it's like they physically can't get any smaller, or else like it'll be like it's like getting atoms thick. These little like micro, micro, like nano processors. Well, can they be bigger and be more f and be better and faster? Well, there's a certain limit because like it's per inch, and like you want to have the smallest processor so you can jam as much stuff in as small of an area as possible. Uh, okay. Computer. And we've already gotten them so small 
uh, like, I don't know if we're going to get many smaller unless quantum computing takes off, which you know, it might, it might not. And we're starting to go and kind of stagnate. Like, yeah, we can do some awesome things with AI, and that's going to probably keep increasing. But I think it's not going to be as exponential as we think right now. Like, I think that the trajectory of, like, what we think our future is probably isn't going to be quite as big as what we're thinking. I, I think, think it will be. When, they, when you read the stuff about deep learning, I think it's called, um, and I think then there's super deep learning that is being developed. I, I'm, I'm blanking on the terms for some reason. I, I could be right on those. There is definitely huge potential that this, and it's accelerating. The developments of AI have grown exceptionally in the past few years and are projected to be, you know, you know like it's, it's getting there faster. And what I'm saying is like a lot of uh, simple jobs, a lot of labor jobs, a lot of manufacturing is going to be taken over with AI, and it hasn't been taken over yet. But then uh, there's still going to be a lot of jobs that, you know, you're going to need humans for. Like uh, maybe a lot of stuff involving creativity like uh, advertising or graphics or even coding would probably still be human for a, quite a while. But when you develop an AI, a true AI, if it is a true AI, then it can do those things. And I don't know if we could reach a true AI, but we probably could, I think. Probably. I think we could, but I think we also could all like kind of hit a brick wall. We might just be at the, we might end up being at like the precipice, like the, almost the top of the mountain. Because like, just the advances, like, just look at the processors. Like, this computer, I think, got, like, 2014 an i7 processor. An i7 processor is still a pretty decent processor these days. Like, back in the early 2000s, you have, like, a computer, and then another two years, your computer's already, like, completely outdated. Yeah. And it's just slowed down so much. And the only reason that AI is as powerful as it is is because of cloud computing. And all that is is, like, they have a server farm somewhere. And they just spend tons and tons of money on this AI, and eventually, you know, space is going to be concerned and energy is going to be concerned. We're going to, have to you know, limit. There, there's going to be a lot less sort of innovations than I think we think. Like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff with AI right now, but I think it's it's almost like a buzzword. I feel it's a buzzword. It, it's gaslighting. Yeah, it's kind of like a buzzword at this point. I mean, I see talk about it all the time. These like TED talks, and you know, even in the business world, I see people talking about AI. But, I mean, you know, we're kind of getting uh, away from the main meat and, meat and potatoes of yeah. this article. It's still technology in schools, though, because theoretically you could have AI teaching kids. I don't theoretically, think but I don't, I don't think it would happen for a long for a time. Like, you know, potentially, and that's the thing, that's a hard thing about predicting the future, but I think yeah. right now what's going to happen is we're going to start seeing... For the immediate future, teachers are going to start, like especially in poor districts, uh, they're going to be uh, substituting these sort of like uh, computers into the classroom and having online classes. My school already had a couple online classes. That's going to start taking over for the majority of the like reading, writing, arithmetic of the uh, poor school districts. Then they're going. Then they're going to keep the uh, after-school activities and like the band and whatnot, and that'll be more emphasized potentially. That's, a, that's what they should be doing is emphasizing that stuff and using the money. What I recommend is using the money from the, um, the less teachers to go more into guidance counselors, uh, possibly psychologists, and definitely for um, 
for these like arts activities, like these sort of extracurriculars, because that's what really matters. That's what we're going to potentially need in the future, because there's going to be less jobs potentially in uh, some of the harder fields as computers get more and more advanced and machine learning takes human jobs. Yeah. Now, they need to not be greedy and just cut everything and, and, and take that money, but yeah. you know, the sort of dystopian future, I can kind of look at it and they'll just have like one, the complete dystopian futures, they're going to have like, you know, maybe one or two of these like online schools or maybe three. It'll be like a Ford, Chevy, and Dodge of the online schools. Maybe you'll have like your your international version. And then you have your opportunity to choose one. And even in the worst case scenario, there will be a lot of student choice, a lot more than what's currently available. But it'll all be online for the public schools. And that's that they and then they'll just be basically uh, learning like areas that make sure that you it's gonna basically be a glorified prison. If and that's the dystopian view. The positive view would be you could go and have schools be a lot more a lot more hands-on activities will be done in schools because, like, you can, yeah, you have your class for, like, an hour or two. You have the online class, and then for the rest of the day, you'll do, like, like fun things outside. Mm -hmm. You'll do, like, human-to-human -human interaction. I mean, that's sort of what I see as possibly happening, but, uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I mostly agree. Um, the only thing, like, I think I really was i because I, I think what you're basically saying is it's you know uh uh in per in-person schools that you go to will be more focused on things you can't do online like that will be the central focus which makes sense i think that's definitely gonna happen uh but it's only a matter i think what we will end on is asking how long is this gonna take i think it will take within 10 years i think but I could be wrong. Well, see, I, I, they're already starting to integrate online classes. I don't think they're going to full-on take over f at least like a, a full-on class for another 15 or so years. And then for like those sort of potential prison schools, I'd see those start popping up in like 20 years in like the poor districts. Yeah, I, what I, I want to clarify something. I meant like in 10 years that these become a thing that's like an – a, a significant uh, alternative option within 10 years. Take over 15 to 20 years. Yeah, I mean, they're already starting to go and kind of do that. And then colleges, I think that's a completely different story. But, you know, actually, you know, I think you can kind of deal with this over here because right now, college prices are going so exponentially high. We're going to start to see more online colleges start to go in and take effect. And people start going to these colleges instead of a traditional college because of the price differential. And then, as we already see, at least at Penn State, they had online classes sort of interspersed in there. They're going to have more and more. And then they're going to have to start being competitive with these cheaper online universities. And then you'll see the cost, at least for the online universities, decrease, while the cost for a real in-person university will increase. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's kind of the good thing is they'll drive college prices down. The bad thing is you don't physically go to college like most of the benefit i had from college was getting to meet people exactly if i, if I lost that it's like what's the point point? and so i think that might happen and um it really depends on if they keep jacking up the college prices they need to go and start marketing better these online schools and it depends on when the industries will really start biting and hiring people from these online only schools that are cheap 
So I think, you know, potentially 15 years for that, potentially sooner, depending on, like, if major industries start biting and, like, if you start seeing these tech boot camps start to rise up more and get more, uh, command more salary and get more recognition, I think it could be sooner. But I think um, probably, like, 8 to 15 years for colleges. And I would say 15 years before you start seeing the first classes, like, fully, like, First, like really full integration in public schools, 20 to 20 years until you start to see like these uh, potentially mostly online only schools slash uh, arts focused like public schools that have online components and start popping up. So that's what I see in the near future. Yeah, the only thing, um, uh, shoot, I lost my train of thought. what were you mentioning? Oh, uh, colleges. And oh, yeah, the... colleges. Yeah, the cost uh, decreasing because of online classes. Theoretically and technically and practically, it should all decrease costs, costs of colleges. But unfortunately, it's not because the universities are still, they're just going to raise tuition prices. They're just going to raise all kinds of other things, and they're going to get away with it because they can that's the problem. Private schools could, you know, have a valuable alternative in terms of cost, but they don't have that name recognition that Harvard, oh, no, Yale, Penn State. Private schools are more expensive in general. They are, but they have the potential to be cheaper, but they won't be, uh, at least not for a while. But maybe with this online stuff, they, mo- they might try to be. I don't know, but... The problem is public schools are, you know, uh, public universities, I, keep, I, I don't want to say schools be so general, but public universities will stay just as expensive unless there is forced government um, oversight that lowers the cost and says it's got to be cheaper, you can't be paying people this much. That's the only, I'm not trying to sound like Bernie Sanders poorer because I'm not, um, but that's the only, uh, it's either their costs are going to stay the same and, you know, by raising tuition prices or there's going to be some government intervention to, forcing the lower prices well it, it depends on the industry really because the reason that people go to these like big universities these big name universities is because of name recognition exactly but once you start to see name recognition for these online only universities that might be half the price of a regular one the regular universities will get a lot less people because they're like oh shoot i could spend five thousand dollars a year for this online only school Versus, you know, $20,000 a year at this, you know, Penn State or like Michigan State or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's going to start to be a major issue once you start to see more of these online schools start to get recognition and more of them start to pop up with, you know, competitive programs. But right now it's still in its infancy. Like I've taken some online classes and, yeah, it's good for a few things, but like eh, it just isn't there yet all the way. And it's mostly the name yeah. recognition. So I'd exactly. give that. I give that some years, but eventually the free market will take over and these universities will either be, what they're either going to do is just like start importing like massively like foreign students Mm. because that's, and then that might be legislative route and then they'll get less public funding from that and have to switch to private university where they're going to have to start competing with these online only schools and that's not going to be able to happen at their current price points. Like, even that, like, uh, like these schools, they have online programs. Like, they might have a regular university, but they have an online-only program, and those are still significantly cheaper. Like, than the regular university, it might be like several thousand dollars cheaper just going to take it online, and you might see that, like, the disparity increase. Yeah. 
All right. But uh, anyways, I think uh, I think that was a pretty good discussion. We looked a little bit into the future. We were fortune tellers today. So. <laughs> we're always trying to be fortune tellers. We, we try. It would be fun if we look back and we see how like we're right on a lot of things or deeply wrong on others. Yeah, take a look at us in like uh, 10, 20 years if uh, this video doesn't get like shut down and yeah. we're still alive somewhere and YouTube's still a thing. Yeah, yeah, we, we might be on some alt media. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but anyways, so that's going to go and talk to you guys today. Uh, like, subscribe, and share Versa Media. And uh, you guys have a good night. Yep. Yeah, make sure you do all that because there's no other way to get our name out there because YouTube definitely ain't going to let it happen. See ya. Bye.